Hey, are you ready to move your life? I mean, really move it? It's time to turn up the dial on your energy, your health, your sport performance, your happiness, and your relationships. If you want to live with more freedom, more adventure, more passion, more fun, and more success, if you're ready to get your brain in the game and achieve the most out of every area of your life, then it's time to move to live and live to move with your host, Jill Summers. Hello, you made it. You're here. You're in the right place if you are ready to dial up your life. This is Jill with Jill M. Summers Performance Coaching coming to you from Boulder, Colorado with Kim Taylor for the podcast series called Not in Kansas Anymore, Kim Taylor's Journey to Ironman, Arizona. Today, we're going to get a review of where Kim is in her training process, and we're also going to be asking her some really insightful questions as she's moving forward in the peak phase of her training. So Kim, how are things going for you this week? Bring us up to speed where you are in the training process, in your life process, as well as your body. As we know, training volume is going up, training intensity is expanding, and you might be feeling a few more aches and pains and whispers or maybe even some yells in the body. So bring us up to speed where you are this week. Well, I, I am in peak training, and uh, I will say last week was more challenging uh, because it was a work week. We talked about my schedule and my sleep, and, and my work week is 63 hours, and then you add the training into that, and it makes for a long week. And so last week was a little bit of a struggle. This week, I'm off, so I have my evenings to kind of get to bed a little earlier and catch up on sleep, so it hasn't been as, um, as tiring, but it's still getting, I'm still tired. And um, I'm feeling that more and more every day, it seems like. Um, and then next week, I'm already kind of feeling a little bit of, I don't want to say sense of dread, but a little, I'm a little daunted by the volume going up again in another work week on the horizon. So I'm trying to really take advantage of this week that I have off to try to really make sure I'm caught up on sleep to prepare for that. But I've had a couple of life, I've had some life challenge thrown my way this week that's really made that a little more difficult too. My mother fell two or three days ago and ended up taking her to the ER yesterday and spent my entire day there uh, with her. And so my training kind of got moved back a little bit. I was doing it later in the day than normal. And so, yeah, it's, it's not been a week that I'd planned, but I'm still going forward. Yeah. Good. Congratulations. You know, unless you're a professional athlete, but even then, we're not training in a bubble or in a vacuum. There's still stuff that's going on outside in our world. And so figuring out how to manage through those challenges that arrives, arise, arrive, um, when we're least expecting it, is just part of the training process. So how yesterday was, was one of those days where you're like, oh my gosh, uh, how am I going to fit all of this in? Can, can you fill us in with what you did to help get yourself back on track? Because I think this is really, really important to understand. People often think that um, just because we're training, we can make that the 100% focus of our life. Well, 
that's just not really uh, possible for most of us. And so learning how to get back on track when those things come in um, will really benefit a lot of us. What, what did you do yesterday to get yourself back on track? Really, the first thing that I did, and this, this is an old pattern of mine that I actually was very good about not diving into yesterday, but I would have in the past gone and been very anxious and bitter and resentful about being there. And it would have built up, you know, negative energy. I would have done it, but I wouldn't have been happy about it. and just wouldn't have been a great situation. And then my attitude coming home from that would have been far more negative than it was yesterday. And, and the shift was, I just embraced the fact that this is what I'm doing and you know, I'm here and I'm not going to worry about the time or be anxious about what I'm not getting done right now. This is my focus and I'll take the rest of it will take care of itself. And so when I got home, I was in a much better mental space and I wasn't as negative and uptight and, and mad, I guess, about having my plans changed, which kind of helped set the stage. And the other thing was you know, I knew I wanted to get my workout in and I was going to have to do it later in the evening, but I still had other things on my agenda too. And so I kind of looked at my list of things on my agenda and figured out what's the second top priority, which was my workout. And then things beyond that, what can I cut out to free up space to get my workout done and still give myself a little decompression time afterwards. So uh, I, I cut out some other things to make sure I prioritize the workout. That so brilliant and so simple. And one of the things that I hear uh, clients that I've worked with in the past, or even just other people who are looking to attain a goal is they feel like if they can't be all in, then they're going to give it all up. It's this all or nothing thing. And what you were able to accomplish yesterday is you stayed on track amidst the hurricane that was going on around you and then let go of the things that weren't quite as important. And so even though it wasn't big picture, like the all in thing that you wanted for the day, you were still able to attach to the things that were the most important. Right. I mean, it's prioritizing what is most important. Yesterday, helping my mom was my top priority, but my workout was second and everything else could fall away and I didn't get too uptight about it. Yeah. This might feel like so long ago, but what would your 18-year-old self have done in that well, scenario? My 18-year-old self? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Hmm. Well, my 18-year-old self would have gotten the phone call at nine o'clock in the morning that this was going on and would have bailed ship on everything except for doing that and using that as an excuse of why I couldn't do something today. Yeah. Whether I could or not. Like, oh, well, I gotta take my mom to the hospital. I'm not gonna be able to get my workout in today. And I wouldn't even feel guilty about that. I would just, you know, it is what it is. But that's the, the change in me of being more committed and more focused is I, I see it differently. Yeah. It was a convenient, it would have been a convenient excuse. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I love, go ahead. Have, yourself but even five years ago or even three years uh, ago. <laughs> okay so what would your 40 year old self have done the same thing <laughs> same thing <laughs> so are you saying you're operating more from an adult perspective these days than, yeah. than a teenage perspective i will throw in there too that i hope no law enforcement is listening but even as my 18 year old self i would use that excuse to go have a, a drink that night uh, to soothe my you know to console myself 
that I had a bad day. So uh, not only would I not have done what I needed to do, but I would have added to the fire by making things worse by, well, I guess I'll just have pizza and beer because I've had a really hard day. Right. Again, a convenient excuse to go for the, the easy distractions. Anybody so, out there do this? <laughs> we know you are. Not because you're broken or you're messed up, but it's just this human thing. And it is part of our society. You know, we talked about this before, but it's like, oh, I had a bad day. Let's go have a drink. Oh, uh, I'm kind of depressed today. Let's go have a drink. Oh, I'm on a celebrate today. Let's go have a drink. You know, it, yeah. it's all these, all these messages that we get, like, let's go to distraction all the time yeah. instead of feeling our, our experiencing our emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was, a, that's been a definite shift. Uh, how I handled yesterday was clearly a different person than several years ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is such a great question to ask yourself regularly because we often are growing and we often are expanding. We often are getting more conscious and mindful and real in our lives, but because it happens slowly and we're in it all the time, we forget the progress that we've made. So ask yourself on occasion, what would I have done with this particular situation, challenge, difficulty, whatever it might be, a couple years ago or five years ago, and take the moment to really go, oh, she, shit, I haven't changed at all. <laughs> I'm still doing things that don't really work for me. Or God, yeah, I've really made some big shifts. This is fantastic. Like three years ago, I would have been in the bar. Right. Yeah. yeah so right. as long as we're on this subject, what if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? That's a pretty easy answer for me, and it would be to take better care of yourself, to eat better, to take you know, better physical care of yourself, to be more fit and to care about yourself a little more, to really do the things that I've done in the last three or four years and do them as an 18 year old and, and start early. And, but really just take care of yourself. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think would have been the most influential action of taking care of yourself back then? that would have had an impact on everything else? Without a doubt, 100%, it would have been a better diet. And I was physically active, I was playing sports, so I was active and, and moving and whatever, but it was mainly the diet that was horrible. Mm -hmm. And not only from a perspective of being overweight, but also just from the perspective of being healthy and the inflammation and you know the, all the injuries that we talked about way early in the beginning that I'm dealing with are direct result of all the inflammation I've had in my body for years. And that really traces right back to how I ate. And so had I eaten better as an 18 year old, you know, maybe I would be in a far better position to do an Ironman without, without all the injury. Yeah. Wow. Don't we all wish we could turn back time a little bit and, and, and do things differently. Yeah. Give ourselves I, I, a better. We have a saying in, in radiology that we use is hindsight is 2020 because you can always go back and look at the film and, and see it there after the fact. Right. So, you know, it's hindsight is 2020. Right. What would you say is the best tip for making life in general better? The best tip for making life in general better, I would say just to like yourself more. So I'll say it in a little stronger way. Love yourself. 
-hmm. Even before nutrition. So you just said if you were able to go back and talk with your 18-year-old self, you would say, you know, the most influential change would have been diet. Would you say that this is even more influential, the, the yeah. loving yourself? Well, I think it's the root. Because really, if you love yourself, you're going to eat better because you care for yourself. I think a lot of my overeating and actions were a direct result of not liking myself. They were kind of a way to punish myself subconsciously, uh, I think. you know. But So yeah, I would say, I guess the root of that would be, yeah, love yourself. And as a result of that, the actions of eating better and taking better care of yourself are, you don't typically treat the people you love badly, but you know, I treated myself badly for a long time. Mm -hmm. so I think they go hand in hand. What's something that people seem to misunderstand about you? What do people misunderstand about me? <laughs> oh, what do they miss? You know, I will say, I think that, and I, I think this is less true recently than in, in the recent past, but I think people sometimes tend to see me as a little more intense than I really am. I'm pretty easygoing and fun-loving and outgoing, and I have a good sense of humor, but at first, at first glance or, you know, first impression, sometimes I guess I can come off as a little intense, just my personality, maybe, I don't know, but I guess that's what I would say, but I don't know. That's something you ask other people. It's like, how do you interpret? And I can say, well, you're wrong. I don't, I don't know. That goes back to that. I'm trying not to know what other people are thinking about me because I don't know what they're thinking about me. Yeah. And honestly, um, it doesn't matter. It's what I think about myself. It's the most important. Well, that's, that's huge. You know, there's a saying that says what other people think about you is none of your business. Yeah. If that's one of the steps towards self-actualization and for you to be able to just to really say that and really mean it is humongous and that is a reflection of self-love like I am who I am I'm loving who I am I'm living from the inside out and how other people perceive that honestly is none of my business yeah yeah that's cool last week you sent me a text would you would you mind if I share it no, go ahead. With, with uh, our listeners today, because it was really profound. It was after one of our, our private calls. And you said, you know, in reflection, I kind of have a, a new insight. And it is about who I'm becoming through the face of training for Ironman. And this was really a big shift because a big part of our work together last week was really taking a look at how uh, you're going to be approaching the race and letting go of some of the anxiety about the time and the finishing time and so forth. So uh, I'm going to read the, the text here. Another thought from today is this. I thought training for an Ironman would be a good experience for me. I had no idea how profound it would be. It's been so much more than I even imagined. There's so much growth and emotion behind all of this that I find myself on the verge of tears of joy way more often than I find myself panicked about the speed and finish time. I think I can truly say that signing up for the Ironman race was one of the best decisions I've ever made, regardless of what happens on race day. How's that for a shift? Every single time I finish a workout with good effort, I feel so good. Seven more weeks to see this through. No stopping this train now. 
Yeah. What's that like to hear that reflected back to you a whole week later? Well, it's still true. And when I think about it in that regard and I put myself in that space, I do. I get emotional about it. So, yeah, it's definitely invoking strong emotion when I just think about how far I've come. Yeah. And the effort that I've put in. And one of the reasons that I wanted to sign up for the Ironman was to prove to myself that I could be committed and focused on something over a long period of time. Because one of the things that I t tend to do is get distracted very easily and I don't see things through. And I've always beaten myself up for that. And, you know, I was thinking, I think I mentioned this the other day. I mean, I've been, well, I've been training for over a year, but really earnestly for the Ironman since my last race, it's been 17 weeks now, I think, since I started training with you. And in that time, I have not missed a single workout. I can't remember a time in my life I've ever been that committed to anything. And so the idea that I'm proving to myself what I'm capable of is definitely makes me very emotional and very happy. Congratulations, first of all, for making that shift, because that is huge. It's really easy to get distracted. It's also really easy to see something glamorous and glorious, like people, people at the finish line of an Ironman and going, oh, man, I want that. I always say the easiest time to sign up for an Ironman is when you're not training. Yeah. And then when you're in the middle of the training, you're like, oh, hell no, I'm not signing up for a full Ironman. That's that's a lot of work because you have the realization of what it really takes. But for you to be able to make that shift and say, no, I, I am so all in. I am so committed. I am so in this that I'm willing to make this my number one and number two on my day, regardless of the hurricane that's going on around me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I sent that text too, because I think one of the things that the training for the Ironman has really done for me is, for the longest time, I've told myself, I don't have discipline, or I don't have willpower, or I'm lazy, and all those stories. And really, what I didn't have was something I was passionate about. And so when you find something that you can tap into and be passionate about, it's in there, and it pulls it out. And so, you know, to say that you don't have something, it's just you haven't found the right source to tap into it. And so that's, that's what Ironman has done for me. It's given me something that I'm passionate about enough to really pull out the resources that I have in there that I always told myself I didn't have. Yeah, absolutely. Finding that thing that you're, that you're passionate about, not your neighbor, not your kids, not your parents, but like, like really giving yourself permission to find out what you're really passionate about and what lights you up. So incredibly important. And the interesting thing about it really is that I'm passionate about the Ironman. I want to finish, but I think what I'm more passionate about is self-growth. <laughs> so um, it kind of taps into it in two different ways. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's been pretty powerful. Woo woo. She's turned into a self-growth junkie. <laughs> la, 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 la. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Look at me now, and they're just like, I don't, I don't think I can say this on there, but they're like, WCF. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this person? Yeah. And of course, I totally geek out about it because that's what I'm all about. Like, that's what really lights me up. That's what I'm super duper passionate about is helping people find out what their light is and what lights them up. And when I coach, I love to find an 
help the client find an anchor that they're working toward because all the self-growth happens just like you through the journey of getting to that anchor, whether it's an athletic event or learning how to be a public speaker and standing on stage in front of a hundred people or, you know, wanting to get a new job or whatever that, that thing is that you're really passionate about finding that anchor thing. And that becomes your number one focus. Just like you're doing with your Ironman. So Kim and I have talked about this before that find your Ironman and and we mean that in a very broad perspective. Find that Ironman, that thing that really makes you come alive, whether it's it's a truly an Ironman sport. Uh, race or just something else that feels really, really big that you can't achieve it and you have to work and stay focused and consistent and determined in order to get there. Yeah. What, what does being an all in human mean to you? It's interesting you asked me that question because last week we talked about what's influential for me and I, I mentioned that I read and I was actually just reading last night in a book Brene Brown is another author that really resonates with me. If you're not familiar with her, she does a lot on shame and she's got a really excellent TED talk on that. But I was reading a book called The Gifts of Imperfection by, by her and she talks about living a wholehearted life, which I think is very similar to the being all in. I mean, it's very just different fingers pointing at the same moon. And she talks about courage, compassion, and connection being the three things that make up living that kind of life. And courage meaning being brave and authentic in terms of owning your story and sharing your story and not necessarily a heroic courage way, but just basically being authentic and, and owning and sharing your story. And then uh, compassion, which I had to use a little bit of yesterday with my mother uh, and connection. And, you know, I think all three are important in terms of being all in and I think the the biggest thing for me in this journey and, 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 in those three things is I've moved a lot of how I deal with things from my head and being let more less cerebral and logical about things and more being led by by how I feel and 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 being more open and vulnerable and sharing my story and connecting with people and that's all been part of my journey so and if you will allow me I'll, I'll read a short paragraph from the book uh, oh that'd be great you have that with you awesome I read a paragraph in it uh, last night, actually, and I'd read this before, but it, it refreshed my memory. And it's a paragraph that pretty much describes my transformation, my journey in the last three or four years better than I could probably write it myself. Uh, and so she's talking about going through her own midlife crisis, which really, because what I kind of what I had and, and a lot of people do, and it talks about really being kind of pulled to, to move from the person that you thought you needed to be or should be to the person who you really are. And, and that, that tug is what we kind of feel. And that's what started me down this path as I, for a while, I had that tug. And so she kind of goes through a journey and she describes her changes this way. She says, oh my God, I feel different. I feel joyful and real. I'm still afraid, but I also feel really brave. Something has changed. I can feel it in my bones. I was healthier, more joyful, and more grateful than I have ever felt. I felt calmer and grounded and significantly less anxious. I had rekindled my creative life, reconnected with my family and friends in a new way, and most important, felt truly comfortable in my own skin for the first time in my life. I learned how to worry more about how I felt and less about what people might think. 
I was setting new boundaries and began to let go of my need to please, perform, and perfect. I started saying no rather than sure and then being resentful and pissed off later. I began to say, oh, hell yes, rather than sounds fun, but I have lots of work to do, or I'll do that when I'm blank, thinner, less busy, better prepared, etc. And she goes on to say, I now see how owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we will ever do. I now see that cultivating a wholehearted life is not like trying to reach a destination. It's like walking toward a star in the sky. We never really arrive, but we certainly know that we're heading in the right direction. I now see how gifts like courage, compassion, and connection only work when they are exercised every day. For me, believing was seeing. I believed first, and only then I was able to see how we can truly change ourselves, our families, and our communities. We just have to find the courage to live in love with our whole hearts. And that pretty much sums up very well my last three or four years and how I've changed. And when you ask me what an all-in life is, that pretty much is it right there. So, but it's a really good book, The Gifts of Imperfection. That's that's really insightful and really, um, I think it's interesting that you said you read it before, but it didn't touch you the way it touched you last night. No, it hit me in a different way. I read this maybe two years ago. I don't remember the first time I picked this book up and read it, uh, but it certainly resonated more deeply this time because I could relate a lot more to it. Was there, is there something in particular in that passage that really catches your attention? That really catches my attention? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I would say that just owning our story and loving ourselves through that process, because that, that really has been the biggest shift. We, we talked about that you know, early on, is really the biggest shift is just to learn to love yourself. And if you can love yourself and be patient with yourself, then the rest of it comes. And you know, it may not come right away, but if you're patient with yourself, you're willing to allow it to not come right away and not get someone from that. And the other, the other thing that really sticks out too is the, is the part about, it's not trying to reach, because for quite a while with, with the work I was doing, I was like, okay, I'm just ready to be done with this self-growth thing and be on the other side and be okay and go back to just being me. Like, but I've learned that there's no, it, there's no end. It's like an ongoing journey, but uh, I do know that I'm headed in the right direction. And that's yeah. There is one piece in there too. I actually even wrote down a few notes while you were reading. And I love where she said, I started believing so that I could see it, that believing is seen. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that you and I have worked a lot with is the, the mental process, like believing it before it has manifested helps it to manifest that much easier and sooner. Yeah, and that goes back into that whole getting out of your brain and being less cool and logical. As a physician, I'm Western medicine trained. I'm very, I, I was very black and white. Show me the proof, show me the evidence before I'll believe anything. And that goes back to that whole being open-minded and letting things to see things in a different way and that was a big shift for me was that getting out of my logical self and believing things uh, without having to have actual proof right in front of my eyes that way and yeah. one of the biggest ones that i can point to really is my own value i didn't believe that at all because i used my experiences as proof of why i wasn't valuable or why i didn't like them 
because there's all this trail of evidence crap that I've done, shifting that and getting out of your logical brain and believing that you're something better and then the evidence that you are something better comes along too. Right. It reminds me of Wayne Dyer. He would say, rather than saying that I'll believe it when I see it, he's, he would say, believe it and then you will see it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Shifting gears a little bit, let's bring this all back into your Ironman training. How do you think the mindfulness that you've established over the last couple of years, the awareness, the clarity, the recognition of, of the importance of your thoughts and how they steer your actions, behaviors, and character, how do you think all of that is helping your training at this time? Well, I think, you know, a big one is just being positive about getting through this and getting through this healthy and getting, getting to the starting line without a lot of obstacles in my way. You know, another book that I read, The Big Leap, talks about the glass ceiling. And when you get to a certain point and you start approaching where you don't believe you can get past, you tend to fall down. And so... A couple of years ago, I would have done this and I maybe would have gotten, oh, I'm getting close. Maybe I can really do this. But in the back of my brain, not believing I could. And then I would probably have an injury or something that even it would be subconscious, but would stop me. And so I think the biggest thing really is just the positive attitude about this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to go out and do it. And, you know, been able to without any obstacles that have stopped me. Yeah. So I'd say that was the biggest one. And then really the other one really is around the whole letting go of the outcome and, and embracing the victory in the day and the victory in the growth and not so much the outcome. It's been the other big, big shift. So. As we're wrapping up, I have a really fun question for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. If you could have dinner with any three people alive or dead the night before your Ironman race, who would you want to be there? And what would you eat? What would I eat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, who would I have at dinner? Well, one, one's very easy. I would have dinner with Mike Riley, which for people who aren't familiar is a really world-class race announcer who's been associated with Ironman for years and he coined the phrase, you are an Ironman that everybody wants to hear when they cross the finish line. And, and yeah. he's going to be announcing you at Ironman Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. It's always an event when he announces a schedule for the year as to where he's going to be. This yes. Thing. And he, he actually just came out with a book not too long ago to be um, very inspirational on his, his experience and the different athletes stories that he's come across over the years. Oh my gosh. Ironman. There's some stories in there that'll make you, bring you to tears for sure. Listen, people, if you have not read it yet, I, I actually listened to it on audio while I was doing a long drive and I was laughing and I was in tears and I was, oh my gosh, it just, it just brought out and, and so real. He's just so real. And if you want to experience somebody's passion 
read or listen to this book because you will hear it in him. He is doing exactly what he loves to do. He is so passionate about it and he's really able to share that passion in the book. It's, it's great. Do you remember the, the name of it? I think it's called Finding My Voice, Stories from Iron Man or something like yes. that. Yes, Mike, Mike Riley. Yeah. We'll put that in the, the write-up on the, the podcast. So take a look at, at that. We'll put that in there. The thing about him is he's, he makes it such a point to really treat every athlete with respect that's out there and, uh, you know, make it an experience for the athlete. And so even people like me <laughs> who just hope to crawl across the finish line in 17 hours um, still get the same treatment, which is kind of nice. And yeah. so I would definitely have dinner with him. And then, you know, honestly, I, I, I would have you there. <laughs> I'm invited. I would need that. I, I would need that, <laughs> that, that whip over there. And then, and then the third person, and, and really this, this could go across whether it was before my race or, or any night in particular, if you asked me three people to go to dinner, one of them would be the Dalai Lama. He's been an inspiration to me for a while and a lot of his presence and persona and teachings have really kind of influenced me quite a bit in the last three or four years. And just being, I would just love to be in his presence and be surrounded by that aura of someone that connected and that soulful and that you know just full of pure pure energy and spirit whether he said a word or not i would just try to soak it up by osmosis but he's definitely someone i would love to uh i'm so glad i get to be there i want to i want to be with these two guys too yeah, yeah. and you yeah, yeah you the dalai lama it'd be like the highlight of my life oh my gosh can you imagine just the day before your race you get to be take all that in ah, what would you eat Oh, what would I eat? Remembering that it's the Iron Man the next day. I know, I know. Uh, well, uh, it depends on where I'm eating, but I would eat basically very similar to how I normally eat. You know, so it's hard to pick a specific meal because, you know, I'll probably eat out. And I don't know where, but it, it would be, it would have protein. It would have high quality carbs and, you know, fruit, some vegetables and probably a nice little grain and, yeah, well, you get to get anything you want. What did, what would you choose that night before? Anything, doesn't matter where you are because snap the finger and it's there. Ah, uh, okay. Well, this is a shout out to, to Bethany, my cook, because honestly, what I would want would be a big plate of her vegetarian zucchini noodle lasagna. Oh, Bethany, did you hear that? <laughs> Guess what you get to cook in Arizona. Yeah, I, that would probably be at the top of my list. It's delicious. Oh, you're making me hungry. Okay, so we've got Mike Riley. We've got me. I get to be there, the Dalai Lama, and we're eating Bethany's veggie lasagna. Yeah. Ooh. All right, this is a good Can night. Can you make that happen? Listen, anything is possible. <laughs> I, I believe it. So, <laughs> yes, so we'll see it. <laughs> All right, Kim, what's your um, thorn, bud, and rose this, this week? The thorn, I think, would the thorn for me this week really is the wrinkle in my schedule and uh, you know, dealing with my mom and and trying to get her better and and working, seeing her and taking care of her needs into my schedule uh, is definitely a thorn uh, for my week. The bud, something that I'm that's something I'm looking forward to, right? That hasn't come. Correct. Well, going back to the connection thing. You know, I've got a long training weekend ahead of me. I've got really 
a long swim Friday, a really long bike Saturday, and I'm doing a half marathon Sunday. So it's really going to be a long trying weekend. And so Sunday afternoon, uh, I'm going to sit down and watch a little bit of the Chiefs game. And then I have, uh, we do it every other week or so now because I work nights on occasion, but I tend to have Sunday night dinner with my best friend and her husband and another another person. It's, we kind of have Sunday night family dinner and it's kind of become a tradition. And so this Sunday night, I'm not working, so we have dinner. So I'm just looking forward to a Sunday afternoon of a little little chiefs and a little dinner with friends and have some social connection, which we talked about as part of, of part of living that out loud life. Hmm. That wholehearted is connecting with people and that fills me up. So I'm looking forward to Sunday. What am I celebrating? What is that? The rose? I can't yes. remember. The rose. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what am I celebrating? Well, I think really up to this point, I'm celebrating in the spirit of getting my workout in yesterday and not letting things distract me. Cause that's not the first thing that's come up over the last weeks. Um, there's, you know, been quite a few, but I've always managed to make it a priority to get the workout in. So I'm celebrating today that the commitment and focus that I've had in the last 17 weeks to really get it all in and yeah. get it all done. That's a big accomplishment. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you can see that and celebrate that because so often we don't celebrate things unless they're perfect and that's just back-ass words. We need to celebrate all of the small steps and the accumulation of the good energy that we get every single time we celebrate makes it that much easier to go out and face another challenge. So that's spot on. Yeah. Great. As we're going out today, first of all, thank you so much for your time. And as we're going out today, what, what's the song you're choosing to represent this week? I'm going to go with, you know, we talk about courage today and change. And I actually kind of wanted to use this song last week, but there's just too many good songs for, you know, there's too many, I can't use them all. But for this week, I'm going to go with a song called Courage by Pink about the courage to change. I think that fits in well with what we talked about today. Excellent. So we're going to go out with that song right now. Here's Courage by Pink. I'm walking uphill, both ways it hurts. I'll bury my heart here in this dirt. I hope it's a seed, I hope it works. I need to grow here I could be Closer to light, closer to me I don't have to do this perfectly Yeah, rain it falls, rain it falls It's pouring on me, the rain it falls, rain it falls So in the seas of love and hope, love and hope We don't have to stay stuck in the Today. 
Joining us today for the podcast, Not in Kansas Anymore. Listeners, if you access the podcast today from my website at jillmsummers.com, be sure to add your name and email on the right side of the page so you're automatically notified of the next podcast. It's time to sign off for now. Have a fantastic week. Remember to always imagine the possibilities in your own life. Keep moving to live and living to move. Thanks for being with us today. We invite you to join us on our mission to move people forward and upward. Go to jillmsummers.com. That's jillmsommers.com for more information and to listen to other inspiring podcasts. And remember to do one thing today that moves your life forward, which impacts others around you to do the same.